Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Hi, I'm Nick Aguineras, Executive Managing Director of Supply Chain Consulting for Collier's Canada. In this logistics disruption series for Collier's Talks Industrial, we speak with industry leaders to explore topics that are impacting the supply chain sector. We will dive into the major trends and shifts that are keeping supply chain managers awake at night as they try to plot a course to get ahead of what's next. Today, we're going to talk about logistics and technology, and we've got Chris Jarvis joining us today. He is the Chief Logistics Officer at Gopher Delivers, where he is leading a team in the creation of a new technology-driven on-demand delivery service across North America. He brings over two decades of experience in global supply chains and in the 3PL sector, including work for DHL Supply Chain, Metro Supply Chain Group, and now with Go4Delivers. Chris is a futurist and strategic big picture thinker who is passionate about the pragmatic operational approaches needed to deliver commercially viable solutions that work in today's increasingly complex business situations. Thank you, Chris, for joining me today. Hey, Nick, thanks for having me. So tell me a little about your journey through the logistics sector. How and why did you end up with Gopher? Well, my, uh, my journey in logistics actually started with retail. Um, started my career as a young industrial engineer uh, with Loblaws and from there moved to Hudson's Bay Company. Um, saw the impact firsthand around what supply chains are capable of doing and how they impact customer behavior as I worked as uh, in, in the front lines and store operations. Um, really, at, you know, at, at that point in my career, started to see the science and the art of, of retailing and what supply chains are capable of doing uh, to support a retail journey and a customer experience. And then I got approached by DHL uh, to build their vertical, um, their retail vertical in the Americas. And that's really when I got hooked on logistics and supply chain solutions, designing and implementing large mega facilities. And I remember fondly uh, back in those days where the benchmark was, can we achieve two days, two day delivery? And can we hit 90% of the population? These were the, some of the benchmarks back then. Um, the from, world has from, changed. Yeah, the world has certainly changed from that point of view. And a lot of these fulfillment centers were one, one warehouse in the centroid of the population servicing everybody. And if you think about where we're at today, it's quite a bit different. From there, I, I, I moved on from, from DHL, but you know the international experience and the, uh, and the breadth of that company certainly uh, uh, a, lot, a lot of learnings and uh, moved me to uh, Metro Supply Chain Group at that, at that from there. Interesting. The, the common theme throughout those experiences tends to circle around the customer experience. How are you leveraging technology to redefine and, and I hate to overuse transform, which, which everyone's talking about today, but you really are transforming the customer experience. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great question. And, you know, uh, from, from what we understand, you know, technology is critical in today's day and age and 80% of online shoppers think new technologies and innovation improve their experience. So um, we, we hear that loud and clear. And we also hear that you know, the experience is equally critical that 63% of customers won't actually buy from a retailer again if they have a bad experience. So customers are expecting technology. They're expecting that technology lead to a frictionless experience. Um, it's simple, really, at, at some level. It's about, you know, give it to me the way that I want it and do what you say you're going to be able to do. 
And a lot of that comes stems from um, the ability to leverage technology um, to make that happen. Uh, today's world's complex. Customers want things in, in any variety of way. Um, they want it on their terms. They want it tailored to their situation. And uh, I think that's where that's where technology is helping us uh, uh, be able to do that. If we if we think about Amazon Prime, for example, um, customers are, are demanding alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're making compromises more times than not. If you want it fast, maybe not the product you ordered, go to Amazon. If you want the product you ordered, you may have to wait. These kind of compromises is, is really at the core of what we're trying to overcome. Um, technology providing us the ability to communicate, highlight concerns proactively, strengthening strengthening our our decision support and it really is at, at at some level the ability to take technology but also upend and 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 significantly change the business models right business mm -hmm. models that are scalable they're real time they're speed they're predictable um, and and so that's the interfacing of of where we're working interesting so you, you mentioned a couple of times delivery first when you transition to that model what does that mean for a supply chain? There's lots of, of uh, add-on effects uh, when we think about delivery first throughout the supply chain. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it's, it's, it's driven by the customer. 35% of customers are, are more likely to shop if same-day delivery is, is offered. Um, we know COVID's progressed online shopping by multiple years now. Retailers are scrambling and, and supply chains are, are, are being impacted through the repositioning of, of inventory. Um, really, the, the drive forward at the moment is how do we get inventory close enough to the customer so that we can provide same day service on, on all products. And you know what we've, what we've seen is all products don't always mean small things that fit in boxes. Sometimes they are big and, big and bulky and customers expect the entire assortment um, today to, to, to become available. Um, really, you know, right product, faster, no compromises. The delivery first world is really driving, you know, fulfillment from store, fulfillment from DC, fulfillment from a cross dock. It's inventory in motion like never before, but it's, it's, it's no longer centrally deployed. It's, it's, it's out, it's close. Um, and the ability to react to a customer's requirement um, where they expect a delivery. And it's not limited to, you know, the, the small packages, the books, the, the movies, the, the makeup and clothes, the expectations for e-commerce to be able to deliver seamlessly are really across the, the spectrum of consumer products and even industrial products. Um, so it's no longer just the small, like you said, the small packages, mm -hmm. but also the furniture, the construction materials, the large, heavy, awkward, bulky products the expectation yeah. from the consumers is really there to say, this is no different. It's, it's fulfilling my demand. Therefore I should be able to click online, click buy and have it at my doorstep. If not same day, at least the next day. Absolutely. And I think this is where, you know, customer expectations driving a delivery first world, um, you know, uh, exacerbated by, by COVID, but, you know, we, we, we no longer, it's no longer acceptable to only offer certain things. Um, people can no longer enter stores sometimes, or they don't want to go to stores for certain reasons. And so 
you know, that, that creates a situation where all things need to be able to be delivered, only adding more complexity than ever before to making a delivery first world possible. Um, small vehicles, medium vehicles, large vehicles, just in time, on demand, same day, um, where and when I need it. Um, and more and more the way that I, the way that I want to receive it. And if you think about customers in, in condos and in downtown locations, they don't want the box. They don't want to take things away. Um, they don't have the ability to store certain things. So um, they wanted to walk through the threshold, ready to go, put in place, sometimes assembled, sometimes tested. Um, and really, you know, this progression from simple, you know, parcel delivery all the way through to, to white to white glove um, service. Yeah, you really threw a lot in there. The the packaging, the um, the ease of kind of go live is really critical for the consumer journey. Um, but you also mentioned COVID as a major disruption. And if I if I step into the hat or the shoes of the of the user of your technology and of your platform, the companies that are fulfilling the demand, how much of this disruption will remain as we go back to um, a more bricks and mortar retail as we open up again, or will a lot of that demand stay in the, the new channels in, in the online world and in the virtual space? It's, yeah, it's, it's a hard, um, hard path or hard forecast to fulfill. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is in some ways, but in some ways it's, it's actually quite straightforward. Uh, when you, when you, if, if, if you think about it and you believe you know, Amazon's been truly successful in creating a new, a new level of service, right? And a new level of, of accuracy and predictability with the Amazon Prime. Um, but we, we, we fundamentally see and we, we believe that, you know, people are making concessions that, you know, they're buying alternative product that they, they do want to shop local. They do want to shop for the products that, that they want, not the products that are offered. Um, but they make a compromise for speed. They make a compromise for accessibility. Um, I think as the world goes forward um, with or, or even when we move past COVID, uh, we, will, we will be left with an expectation that the delivery first world drives a level of convenience and time savings that um, we'll see all retailers formulate ways to, to provide better access, more timely access and a greater appreciation for the customer experience mm -hmm. and the tailored preferences that they want within their delivery. Um, we will, we're seeing all kinds of things happening um, throughout the industry, including, you know, grocery deliveries, crossing thresholds and, and unlocking freezers and, and putting them into certain places right inside your home. And, you know, I think, I think the world will continue to persist in that way. Interesting. It's funny, we hear a lot about new technology-based startups that are taking advantage of or finding new demand from, from old guard companies. Um, and they're really taking on this old guard of the logistics sector. Are, when you look at these companies, are they technology companies or are they logistics companies? Well, it's an interesting question and it's probably a question that's been around for a long time, but you know, the industry's changing quicker than ever before, as you, as you, as you point out. And tech startups are really, I think, just enabling or, or seeing that opportunity. Um, the industry, the logistics industry may not be moving as, as quick as it, as it should on some of these fronts. And I think tech is just a, today a way to, to seize opportunities that 
technology is the driving force of change and innovative thinking. And for me, I, I see it more around that innovative thinking, that, that, that central position on a customer, what is working, what is not working, how do we get at it? Well, typically today we get at it through, through the utilization or the better utilization of technology. And, and uh, you know, for us at, at go for um, you know, we're, we're focused, our, our core is, is around the technologies that enable the logistics know-how. So I think, you know, if I was to step back and, and talk about us being a technology company or a logistics company, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to think we're both. Um, we started with technology. It enabled our ability to, to capitalize on some of the problems, but without the logistics know-how, um, the ability to create process and, and align people, um, I think the technology, you know, is, is, is fantastic and it helps us manage, but it really does take both. Interesting. And taking both, but then with the technology side, um, it's been obviously, you know, warehouse management systems and tech transportation management systems. They've been central to the logistics sector and logistics models in terms of optimizations and execution of work. But do you see the role of technology changing in the future um, for different logistics models or different uh, use cases? Absolutely. At GoFor, we we create our own set of technologies or proprietary. Um, you know, when we look at the industry and we think about TMSs and WMSs, and you know, let's call those canned canned solutions. Everyone can buy them. Everyone can have access to them. We we really think that a that a functionally rich technology. Uh, built around a specific use case uh, is where we're finding, you know, the simplicities and the capabilities to do disruption. It's, it's in that point of view that you build technologies that are ripe, ripe to create change. Um, being everything to everyone uh, and being cookie cutter or canned um, no longer is, is enough. Um, the future of logistics models is really requiring speed, predictability, and preferences um, like never before. Um, if we are going to compete uh, with the best uh, in, in this space, like the Amazon Primes and the large B2C companies, it, it really requires a, 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 a focused technology built for purpose uh, around a predefined use case and leveraging that to its, to its fullest. Um, it's no longer you know, when we think about the future of logistics, uh, it's going to, it, it, it won't, it won't be, and, and really can't be at some level, uh, one size fits all. It's a, uh, it's a differentiated experience. It's tailored approaches. Digital first world is being driven uh, by the delivery first world. Um, it's, it's about, you know, technology really uh, being light and flexible, adding visibility, um, you know, we can go on and on about why, but I think at the end of it is really specific technologies being built for, for specific use cases. Mm -hmm. So you really see it, it technology as an enabler uh, to support the, the mission of supply chain, which is really about moving goods. And you talk about mobility of inventory and you, you touched on a little bit in the beginning about how your, your experience moved from one large central DC to more smaller 
micro micro facilities or moving inventory as close as possible to the customers. In order to get to your your dream of real time on demand transport and on demand fulfillment, how close do you have to be to your customer to be able to fulfill real time? Yeah, I mean it's it's a yeah it's a great it's a great question. We 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 always strive for for density. Um, you know, when you when you put product into trucks and you drive them long distances, it, it requires time. Um, so when you're lacking time or you commit to delivering a two, three hour delivery service, which we do, um, it's important that you keep liquidity, that you keep drivers and supply available in market. Um, so it's for us, you know, we, we operate an open marketplace. And so many customers, many merchants participate in an open marketplace, having access to supply, um, which allows, allows trucks to at sometimes move outside of the marketplace or move at distance, but still remains enough driver capacity within the core um, to, to, uh, to provide those, those speeds. Mm-hmm. What, what we see right now is, is 30 kilometers, 20 miles, um, up to 50 kilometers and 30 miles as, as market service areas that, that can persist at a two hour delivery. Um, but it is really a function of how much demand and, and how much supply you can create. And, you know, our technology and our services and onboarding of drivers is all centered around creating this supply and demand optimization um, that allows drivers to to participate and earn a good living while creating performance levels never seen before uh, for last mile delivery. And that means you can get things quickly, you can get things predictably, you can have insight and visibility as to what is happening. And customers tell us, you know, every day after our deliveries are done through through the ability to rate us five stars or not, um, tell us what happened and, and and what worked. And you know, we're pretty proud that you know we we sit on a four point eight star rating, and we deliver in ninety eight percent of the time on time. And uh, that's 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 a level of complexity that just couldn't be managed without without the proper systems. There's a, a lot a lot going on in real time. Um, decisions are being made by systems. Should that driver go, and how far can he go? Um, before we're not able to service the next customer? What is the likelihood of the next customer order coming through? Where is it going to be positioned? And how will we continue to make better decisions throughout the day? Um, Changing decisions happen. Um, Resources and demand change, and so does our decision-making matrix. But that's happening all behind the scenes. And, you know, drivers are, are working mobile and uh, receiving signals through their smartphones to, uh, to help them to help them through their day and and you know at the end of that day seeing themselves with 20 to 30 percent increase in productivities um, as a result of the one to many uh, allowing the participation of a marketplace to happen you know our drivers visit six to eight merchants throughout their day um, they mm-hmm. could stay with one merchant and to your point um, you know maintaining that one-to-one relationship has some value and it brings some quality but inevitably, they'd be driving in different directions that probably wouldn't be optimal um, for the utilization of their time. And when we allow many drivers to participate against many merchants, we see uh, we see a result that's um, 
significantly different and really not possible by a fixed asset um, service. Yeah, it sounds like you're really taking full advantage of the efficiencies of that density delivers by allowing competitors to co-load and to take advantage of other mileage that's being driven. So you're sharing that load. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, fundamentally our, our business model is based on, you know, a shared asset, uh, independent owner operator and a, a, a control tower or a marketplace um, platform that allows merchants to map their demand to supply. Um, we don't get in the way of that. We believe that a merchant, you know, we should be an extension to their brand, that the delivery service is, is critical to their success. And we facilitate that through, through our technology uh, and support our drivers to, uh, to grow as independent owner operators means um, they can manage their own time, their own schedules, and uh, be assured that their livelihoods can be supported um, through, our, through our utilization of our platform. Mm -hmm. And it's the other, the other aspect that you hinted about, you've talked about technology throughout, but it's really about the data in the system. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like there's a new four-letter word in logistics, and that word is data. Yeah. Um, without that clean data, and, and historically clean data was inventory dimensions and demand uh, transactional history, now it's you know visibility into routes and and capacity on a vehicle um how do you guys support that massive amount of data and make sure that it's visible to the right systems at the right time to make the right decisions yeah i think i think the ability to integrate and and uh and communicate the two-way communication through an api uh is our primary integration method uh, we also you know do some you know, direct development uh, with some of our bigger customers on their on their on their online shopping portals and and through their ERPs. But uh, for for sure, there's there's an ongoing systematic configuration that has to be um, well well tuned. Um, fairly sophisticated APIs, uh, two way communication. Uh, we're 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 compiling all of that every single order into a central dispatch system. That you know our system's doing a lot of the heavy work, but inevitably there's there's operators overseeing uh, the anomalies uh, and interfacing um, to those orders uh, to to ensure they get done. But for the most part, you know the consumption of orders is it comes with a a speed. How fast does this customer want it? Do they want it two hours, three hours? They want it same day. They want it tomorrow. How big is the load? Is it is it two pallets, two boxes, or one item? How much space is required? So do we need to assign a small vehicle, a medium, a large? Does it require two people? Uh, we can send two people. And, uh, you know, all of that, really, the more that we can um, work with our merchant partners to get their data um, into a position for consumption, um, the less friction and the easier, the easier uh, it's, it, it is to execute. We, you know, we, we do do obviously like everybody um, spend a great deal of time cleansing data and ensuring our customers have clean data um, that you know things are are being ingested in the right way that that allows us to make the best logistics decisions it's not always perfect and uh, I don't know if it ever will be but uh, 
as we continue to move forward, we certainly see more and more um, of our customers ready, ready to provide the necessary data or the ability to, uh, for us to, to help them cleanse it. Um, and we, 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 we can cleanse things quite easily. Um, luckily, we don't have a lot of complex data. Um, you know, uh, it's an individual shipment. Um, it's our job to then determine, should we aggregate multiple shipments? Should we go to multiple pickups before we do a drop off? And that whole timeline management of, of the service SLA really resides with us. Um, for the merchant side, it's, it's, you know, present your order, let us know what you're moving and where you're moving it to, and we kind of do the rest. Oh, that's great. Um, so bringing this back into the real estate world, do you see mm-hmm. these new models having impact on industrial real estate? You know, what is the warehouse of the future, whether it be a terminal or a depot or a distribution center? What does that look like? Absolutely. There are huge, huge impacts. I mean, when, 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 when customers demands shift and expectation shift, supply chain shift, and as a result, commercial real estate for sure, for sure is impacted. I mean, this fourth quarter highlights, highlights the issues that, that we are discussing and we're, we're facing. Delivery rates are soaring, capacity is shrinking. Um, we already know that, you know, we're not going to be able to deliver all the parcels for the fourth quarter. People are signaling that to, to shop early. Um, so how do we go about, um, you know, and, and at, you know, in, in increasing customer expectations at the same time. So, so how do we, how do we take this and, and, and how does it move forward? Um, mm-hmm. we're really, I, I, I think in some ways at a tipping point, when we talk about a delivery first world, uh, a customer driven future, how do we get inventory closer to the customer really is the question. Offices are, are changing and, and new services opportunities are being created as a result. And the industrial real estate market uh, moving from, you know, the central million square foot warehouse uh, outside of the city center is now looking like, can we deploy some of our top products into an office tower on the 15th floor, as an example? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we see a lot of big moves happening today. Um, you know, the, the, the top of mind for me is Reef Technology. They're, they're endeavoring to transform parking lots throughout North America and the globe um, to not do last mile. I mean, what, what they're convinced is it's last block, last block delivery, and it's food and services and product. You know, Amazon's planning 1,500 neighborhood warehouse stores to line up against Walmart stores. Um, everybody is moving towards how do I get closer? Apple and other major retailers are now offering buy online, deliver from store. It's, it's about speed, right? And more and more, there's multi-brand and seasonal fulfillment centers on the rise, you know, emerging just to put the top brands and the top products as close to the largest populations as we can. And so with that, inevitably, commercial uh, real estate impacts are, are going to happen. Uh, in the end, you know, I think the takeaway is, as you, you would know, Nick, in your business is that, you know, the customer, the customer, the, the consumer is driving, is driving the change. Um, and it's really a function of how, how quickly can we, can we use, can we use this information to change how and what it is they want. But if you're looking forward to, to where I think, in, you know, industrial commercial real estate is, it's, it's how do we take back cities? Um, mega cities is a huge trend. More people are living in the downtowns than ever before. And at the same time, we need to put products close to them. So, um, 
it really is a somewhat of a tipping point. And I think that's where, you know, through technology and innovative thinking, um, we will find, we will find that balance. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think delivery, delivery is a big, a big, big part of it. That's great. Um, Chris, I, I really want to thank you for sharing your insights with us. Uh, this has been a very uh, deep conversation and we really explored some interesting topics and, and your, your thoughts and perspective on this has been a, uh, has been very insightful. Um, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Nick. It's always great to talk to you. I want to thank everyone for listening in. Um, tune in to our next episode where we continue to explore other hot topics in supply chain and industrial real estate. Thanks for listening to Collier's Talks podcast. To learn more about Collier's Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit collierscanada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.